Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. Come on, I'm excited to be with you guys. Uh, got back yesterday. We took a week-long trip to Juarez, Mexico, and uh, God, it was so much fun, and uh, we got to love on over right at 600 kids. We gave Christmas presents to, jackets, blankets, you know, the biggest thing we get to give is just some love, some hugs, and man, it was it really was. Here's what I, I, my hope is for our church. I would hope that we are very, obviously, very, very involved there in Juarez, and my hope is that every person in this church would go maybe once, just one time, to, uh, to those locations, because I promise you, more than we give them, you come back with a life-changing experience. You're going to look at your world different uh, when you go. It's an incredible opportunity. We had an incredible uh, time, and even God's opening even more doors through the generosity of this church to make an even greater impact around that city. So it was awesome. We had a great time. Glad you guys are here today. We're in week two of Once Upon a Christmas uh, week one, we really just talked about the closeness of God. Come on, anybody in here just love Christmas? I mean, I love Christmas. I love Christmas for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, this is the only time of year you get Christmas cakes. Uh, I don't know why that's not a year-round thing, but uh, they're obviously the best. Um, uh, Little Debbie cakes, you get those. Eggnog, we're going to eggnog lovers in here. Come on, everybody else needs to get saved. Um, uh, it's awesome. Um, I love it. Christmas lights. We got any Christmas lights fans in here? Christmas lights. I like Christmas lights. Uh, I like them. I thought I liked them pretty good. I like them okay compared to my wife. She's kind of a fanatic. She goes kind of crazy with the Christmas lights. Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Uh, today, our, our hope is that we walk away from this moment, our time together, these next few moments, uh, really inspired to be what Scripture calls the light of the world. A lot of times we think, well, that's Jesus, or that's somebody else's opportunity, or somebody else's responsibility. My hope is today that we walk out of uh, today's message realizing that that is me. We are the church, and we exist for the what? The world. The world. So if you've got your notes, go ahead and pull those out. We're going to read our theme verse, and then we're going to dive into... Uh, what we're talking about today. In Galatians chapter 4, all month long, we've been reading this together, and I love it. It's such a profound passage of Scripture. It says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman subject to the law, God sent him to buy, to purchase freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own Children, the hope of the gospel, the hope of the world, the light of the world, every bit of it focuses on this, that at the right time, God sent his son. And we talked about Christmas lights. We, you know, who, who in here loves, like, some people are very passionate about Christmas lights. Who, who are passionate about white lights only? Like, I'm just, I'm a classical, I, I, it's got to be white lights. What about, um, what about colored lights? We got any colored light fans in here? Come on, yep, 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 yep. Who's kind of crazy and y'all like the blinking lights? Everything's just my wife does that, and she's got Christmas trees in every room, and nobody sleeps the whole month of December because she doesn't turn them off. Um, so uh, what about this? Some people are passionate about this. All right, you white light lovers, who is passionate about, like, it cannot be the daylight white lights, like the blue white lights? Anybody? Who likes the blue white lights? Anybody? Somebody likes the blue white lights? Uh, some of y'all may have blue white lights, and I'll apologize in advance. My wife is very passionate about that, uh, and she thinks they all ought to be in the trash. She hates the blue white lights, and she judges people pretty 
pretty um, severely that have them. And I'm like, sweetheart, they have souls. <laughs> like, those are people, breathing people. Let them, let them put whatever lights they want on their house. I hate, I, I'll, I'll confess to you as your pastor, I, I don't love Christmas decorations. Um, I know, I know, it's like, <gasps> some of y'all ready to leave now. Lock the doors. Um, I don't love them. If it were not for my wife and kids, I probably would not, like, you know, I know, I'm not even going to say it because y'all, y'all going to have your own assumptions. I just don't love Christmas decorations. They're not the, my favorite, but my wife loves them, so we have lots of them all the time. And I get to enjoy the festivities and all of that good stuff. Uh, watch them decorating the tree and, you know, all, you know, it's all fun. But the reality of lights, like the, the whole point is to, the whole point of Christmas lights, maybe you don't know, maybe you do know this, maybe you don't know this. Back in the day, the whole thing kind of originated as an opportunity for Christians to display to the world who is actually a follower of Jesus. So it all began with actual candles and a window. So Christmas would come around, and, and Christians, followers of Jesus, would actually light a single candle and place it in their window, and it would tell it would tell the people that needed to know that they were followers of Jesus. And I know that doesn't that has all have has taken on a new leaf as it looks like in our culture today. But the reality is that's a representation of what Jesus said about us that we are the light of the world. And, and for some of us, that looks very different. It looks different for all of us. Just as uh, your preferences, it looks different for you. Some of you guys like the blue lights and the colored lights. Some of you guys like uh, icicles. Some of you are uh, up to, uh, hip with the time, and it's 2019, and you place a projector on your house. <laughs> like we, like I saw more of that last year than I ever saw ever. Like People just projecting it on their house. That's kind of cool. Uh, that would be my thing. Like If I were to love Christmas lights, I'm like, beep, done, you know. Um, today, I want to talk to us about specifically a, a part of the Christmas story that I think most people leave out. We love talking about the manger scene. Everybody loves the shepherds. Um, everybody loves the wise men. We, we love seeing the animals in the, in, the, in the nativity scene. But there's someone who is always left out of the nativity scene. I've never seen a nativity scene with this person in it. But the reality is... Christmas is not Christmas without this, because we never know how bright light can shine without darkness. And there's a man named Herod in the Christmas story. How depressing would it be to walk up and see Herod in the in, the, in a nativity scene in somebody's yard, right? Uh, because Herod has a he's 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 not a celebrated character in the Christmas story. He's a notorious character in the Christmas story. And today, I want us to remind. I don't I don't think we can go through Christmas season season without being reminded of what that is. And I think you'll see today that it's, it's equally as the same today as it was then. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive in to our notes today. So go ahead and pull those out. Please take notes today. You're going to remember 80% of the things you write down, 20% of the things you don't write down, and I don't necessarily want you to remember the dumb things I'm going to say, all right? So let's write down the good stuff, okay? Uh, Father, we love you. Thank you for your word, that it is alive and breathing and real and for us. And what a privilege for us to be able to come here in Columbiana, Alabama and lift your name high and worship you freely. Uh, God, that we wouldn't take that for granted. We don't want to leave here the same. So Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Meet us right where we are. Perform spiritual surgery on our hearts so that we can live a life on purpose that honors you. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's all say it together. Amen. Number one, it's a dark world. Number one, you need to know this. The enemy is a liar. He is 100% a 
lie all the time. And have you ever heard this? There's a little truth in every lie. There is. There's a little truth in every lie, and that's how come he can deceive us so easily. Because he mixes in a little bit of truth with a whole lot of lie, and it makes it difficult for some people to see. And this is exactly what's going on in the Christmas story. In this particular context, we see the enemy in the face of Herod. And in Matthew chapter 2, we see it. it says, Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. So I'll catch you up to that moment in time. The wise men had seen a star uh, when Jesus was born, and they began a journey. History tells us it was roughly about a two-year journey to find Jesus. And the Bible says that Herod began to get word that Jesus was born. And the problem with that is, is he considered himself a god. He, uh, he was going to combat anything that would ever raise itself up against him in authority. So Herod became, became very, very jealous. So he's trying to manipulate a way to find out who Jesus is. And we'll learn why that is soon. It says he called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child when you find him, and come back to me so that there was a little bit of truth in this big lie, so that I can go and worship him. The truth is, I want to go to him. The lie is, I wanted to worship him right? He's a, a liar. Here's why the enemy always wants to extinguish the light. The devil brings destruction in the dark. So he's always trying to eliminate the light. And that's why oftentimes if you've been here very long at Cultivate, we say things like discover what it means to live your life on purpose. We say things like you need to get into a small group and you need to do life with people and be in community with people because the Bible says that salvation comes from Jesus, but healing comes from community. And we say we need to get in community, do life with people, pray with one another, confess our sins to one another. Why? Because anything brought to light cannot be, cannot be extinguished by the enemy. But as long as he can keep you in darkness, he can control the realities of your life. And Jesus is saying, I am a light in a dark world. And here comes Herod trying to extinguish the light. And come on, some of us have a darkness in our, we all, all of us have some form of darkness in the corners of our hearts, right? Some of us, it's disappointment. Christmas season around every year, it's always a reminder for so many people of maybe the things that we didn't get to accomplish this year. Some of the things that we had hoped to accomplish that for whatever reason we didn't get done. Maybe it's a good reminder of some of the, the, uh, the disappointments of decisions that we've made. Man, I wish I hadn't have done that or been that way or said those things. It's a disappointment. We didn't accomplish the things that we wanted. For some of us, maybe it's a reminder of doubt. Maybe you're in a dark place and you just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I just don't see how this is going to change. My marriage is worse than it's ever been. My job is worse than it's ever been. I don't see how God could do this. I'm beginning to doubt that it will ever get any better. That leads to depression and anxiety and hurt. And, and, and many of us have been there. And here's what I've learned in my own faith journey is as long as we're entertaining darkness, it's hard to worship the light. I can't worship Jesus and entertain the enemy at the same time. And, the, and, the, and the, the wise men began to understand that. And you'll see what happens because they began to see that there was a lot of lie in that little bit of truth. Hey, come back to me. Let me know so that I can go worship him. The enemy's a liar. And there's lots of times. Can I tell you if there's anything in your life convincing you to pull away from community? 
convincing you to stay out by yourself, convincing you not to confess your sins and to pray for one another, convincing you not to serve and love and do the will and purpose of God for your life. If you're beginning to fall into that, I want you to understand it is a trick of the enemy, and he is a liar. It will not end well because you need to know this. Number two, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. And this is what's so crazy. I love our theme verse because it says, at the right time. At the right time? This is the worst time. What do you mean the right time, God? This is the worst time that you could have asked Jesus to be born into the world, humanly speaking. Because you got a, you got a maniac dictator who is going to kill him. <laughs> the worst, this is not the worst, this is the worst possible time. But I love it. It says, Matthew chapter 2, it says, When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down to worship him. They opened their treasure chest and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The right time? The right time? Here's what's crazy. We look at, we read the Christmas story and we see the angels shouting Hosanna over the shepherds. And we do our Christmas cantatas and we do our Christmas celebrations and we all celebrate the birth of Jesus. But can I tell you that moment, in that moment, while all of heaven cheered, all of earth was business as usual. You see, they didn't see it. Heaven celebrated and the only people that even paid attention were shepherds. Socially speaking, the lowest of the low on the totem pole. All heaven celebrates, and the only people on earth to see it are people that nobody cares about anyway. It's a dark place. The world has to be a dark place when the Son of God is born into the world and nobody notices. The King of the universe, born, and nobody sees it. The wise man issued a future challenge, a challenge to the world. The world didn't see it, and they issued, all, they issued all of us a challenge with their worship. It says that they bowed down and they worshiped him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And this is what they're saying. They were shouting thousands of years into the future when they did this. They were saying, hey, gold, I'm going to give you gold. Jesus, you are the king. They honored him as the king. Jesus, you're king. I'm giving you gold. I'm recognizing who you are. They gave him frankincense. Come on, that recognized him as deity. They worshiped him as God on earth. They weren't just, they weren't just celebrating an important person being born. In that moment when the frankincense was bowed and laid in front of Jesus, they were recognizing him as God in the flesh. And even, even in that moment when all of the rest of the world stood still, they laid down myrrh and they honored him as the sacrifice for the world. They recognized that this little child was going to grow up and he was going to live a sinless life and he was going to give his life for our sin. Come on, it was a dark world. Jesus was here and the world didn't even notice. You know why? Because number three, the world is broken. It was broken then and it's broken now. Herod was furious when he realized the wise men had outwitted him. You see, they chose, I'm not, I'm no longer, I'm not gonna, they said they made this decision, I'm not entertaining evil while I worship Jesus. I'm going to worship Jesus, and evil can take a hike. <laughs> 
So Herod was furious when they outwitted him. So he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and younger. So while heaven celebrated, the greatest, at the right time, think about this, at the right time he says he sent Jesus into the world. And literally feet away from him, miles away from him, all around the celebration of Jesus coming into the world, genocide is taking place. In, like they're, they're killing infants by the thousands. Every infant in the, in the city were being murdered and slaughtered in the streets. Can I tell you that it was dark then and it's dark now. As broken as it was then, it's still broken today. There's still Herods all around us. There are still brutal things that happen every day in this world. There are still hurting people. There are still abused people. There are still sick people. It's why the church must continue to be bringers of hope and light to this world. Did you know 2019, there's 49% more credit card debt than there, were five year, than there was five years ago? Uh, there's more deadly shootings in our nation than there was years ago. The opioid crisis is greater than it's ever been. There's more sex trafficking happening and more sex slavery happening today than there has been in the history of our world. Can you imagine? There's homelessness in the U.S. It's at an all-time high. Divorce rate is lower, but that's only because fewer people are actually getting married. 24 million children live in single-parent homes. 21% of those kids have no father. Who would say, come on, it's a dark world. It's a dark world. You go, man, Brandon, like, it's December, bro. Like, why are you making me so depressed? Let me explain why. Because it will always be a dark world until the church decides to shine bright. And I want to encourage us all today. Over the, if you'll turn your notes over, I want to encourage us to walk out of this place. There is a reason why we say discover what it means to live your life on purpose. Number one, we are the light. Jesus said it. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Here's what I've learned growing in my faith, that the church unified around the vision of the gospel, loving broken people with no strings attached, cannot be ignored. You cannot ignore the church. It cannot, be, it cannot be ignored when we're loving people, no strings attached. Here's my question to you. What do you see when you turn the lights on? How many of us are like my family? Like We, we love having people over because we don't clean the house till somebody comes over. <laughs> so my wife's like, hey, who are you inviting over this week? Because like the house is finally going to be clean. Like, like Most of us don't really spiff up or clean up. There are things that we are willing to live in that we don't want people to know we're willing to live in kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm embarrassed by that. I don't want them to see that. But like for the last six weeks, it's been <laughs> like, that's our life too. There are things that we're willing to live with that we really don't want people to know that we live with it. Ways that we act, things that we do. Here's, what, here's what's tricky. Light exposes darkness, doesn't it? Light exposes the darkness. So I must ensure that when I turn the lights on my life that my house is clean. Because we are the light. It's so easy to look around and think, well, they'll be the light. Or, you know, I, I hear this all the time from people. You know, there are hundreds, 800, almost 1,000 people attend one of the campuses here at Cultivate Church. And I hear people all the time go, man, I love going to that church. They just do so much good. They, they, they love people so well. And they, 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 and I go, no, no, no. It's not they, it's we. We're the church. 
We exist for the world. We are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Church is not a building. The church is not a location. The church is not a logo. And the church is not a website. The church is not cool music. It's, not, it's, not, it's none of that stuff. The church is a people called out by God to be the light of the world. So here's what that means. Number two, you ready? We have a responsibility. And my responsibility is not just to show up at church on Sundays. We have a responsibility. Matthew chapter 5, it says this. Jesus, he's telling his disciples, he goes, you're the light. And nobody likes a lamp and then puts it under a basket. He said, that's stupid. Nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. A lamp is placed on the stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. I love this quote by Edmund Burke. He's a great philosopher. He says that all that is necessary for, triumph, for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Bonhoeffer, a theologian during the Nazi crisis, he said not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. He said to do nothing is to do sometimes the greatest thing. The greatest atrocity is oftentimes saying nothing, turning a blind eye. Christ desires to elevate my life to illuminate the world around me. We need to understand that we have a responsibility to intentionally place the lamp in a visible place. It's why when we go out into our city and our church, that our church has been found consistently loving People, You know, one of the coolest things I hear about our church all of the time at Cultivate specifically is, is when people say, when they go, oh, you're part of Cultivate. Man, I've heard you guys are that church that's giving, fill in the blank. Like, you're, you're, oh, you're, you guys are always doing, you know why? Because we want to be found intentionally placing the light so that our city can see. We have a responsibility for Jesus to be seen through us. Think about this. If the light of the world is us, and the only way it will ever be illuminated is if I'm intentionally placing it so people can see. What darkness is around because I'm not shining a light? What kind of atrocities are happening in Shelby County? What kind of drug epidemics are growing because we're not shining our light? Because we're, not, because we're, hoping, we're hoping and we're praying and we're saying, man, God, I, I, maybe you'll use my church or maybe you'll use those people or, man, I, maybe you'll use them. And, and the whole time is God saying, I want to use you. I want to use you. We have a responsibility. It's why we make a difference. You know, it's easy to look around and complain about what we see on TV experience in our community it's something else to actually do something about it this is my hope for our church number three is we must shine bright we've got to shine bright my hope is that the light of cultivate church went out tomorrow that our cities would mourn that they would cry that there would be such a loss because the light of jesus shines so bright Why? Not so we can say, look at our logo, or look at our website, it's so awesome, or man, their worship's so good, and man, it's just so hip or cool. None of that. It's so that in the same way that we would see our good deeds, that they would shine for all to see, so that everyone would praise our Heavenly Father. You see, we do stuff all of the time. We give away food, and give away cupcakes, and 
give free dinners and help with benevolence and pay people's power bills and love the broken and help the addicted. And, and we see marriages restored and we are intentionally involved in, uh, in, 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 in abolishing sex trafficking and slavery around the southeast and around the world. And we're intentionally involved in orphanages around the world and planting churches in every community, not so that anybody could look at us and praise us, but that hopefully, prayerfully, somebody would see me and not see me, but see Jesus. We must shine bright. My question is, in your context, in your sphere of influence, what difference are we making? Come on, business owner in this city, in this community, you don't have a business to to shine your business. You have a business to shine the light of Jesus. We are the light of the world. We exist for the church. Come on, I don't have a home where I live in my neighborhood to just say, look, that's where Brandon Doss lives. I have a home so that that can be a beacon of light for the gospel of Jesus. And literally, if heaven were to look down, there should be hundreds, thousands of beacons of light around Shelby County, wherever we are, whatever we do, so that the gospel can be seen and our neighbors can see Jesus and our families can see Jesus and our, and our, our colleagues at work can see Jesus. We have a responsibility to shine bright. I love this quote by Leo Lambert. He's the, he's the guy that discovered Ruby Falls. He created the, the park. Come on, anybody like Ruby Falls? It's a cool place, isn't it? Here's what he says. Discovering Ruby Falls was like discovering God. At first, it's dark and scary and uncertain. You don't know what lies ahead. You bump into things you didn't realize were there, and you, you suffer injuries, bumps, and bruises. You fall down into the sticky, sticky mud and mire and feel like you cannot go on. But you get up with feeling that somewhere ahead lies something more wonderful than you could imagine. He says, so as you add light to what you discovered, you find that the things that caused you suffering and injury were actually wonderful. God made things put there for you to witness and give you joy. It's all the more, it's all more than you could have ever imagined or could witness. It's God. It's Ruby Mountain Falls and the Lookout Mountain Cave that they're God's creation made for many to enjoy. And I want you to understand that that, the beauty that he saw in that moment is the beauty that God sees in you. And it is much like discovering God. This faith journey, as I walk this thing out and I begin to realize and understand the purpose behind every facet of my life, that it was God ordained and God created to show the beauty of a God that loves us through anything. Today, there's a God that loves you, and he has a purpose and a plan for you, more than you could have ever dreamed or imagined. And as you begin to follow him, he begins to illuminate himself through you in your sphere of influence. Hey, I want to pray with you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Our band's going to come. Listen, nothing funny or weird's going to happen. In this moment, we're just going to pray together. And this is my question to you. Maybe you can sit where you are and ask this same question. God, what are you speaking to me right now? What do you want me to do with this word? What do you want me to, and what decisions do I need to make? Maybe you're here today and you can 100% testify to the truth of the darkness of this world. Here's what I do know. That there are hundreds of people that walk through these doors that testify it not because they've seen it, but because they've experienced it. You've experienced darkness. Darkness. You've experienced abuse. 
You've experienced addiction. You've experienced a broken marriage. You've walked through darkness. Some of you are in it still. You don't see light. Here's what I know. That Jesus was born at the right time into the darkest time. And it's as dark then as it is, as it's dark now as it has been then. And there's a God in heaven that loves you more than you could ever dream or imagine. And as dark as you think it is now, even when you don't see him, he is there. The light of the world, the light of heaven entered into the world and few people saw it. Today, my hope is that your spiritual eyes will be open to see him. Maybe you need to recognize that first and foremost, you need a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to invite you to pull that connect card out we spoke about earlier. On it, it says, I'm committing my life to Christ. Maybe for the first time in a long time, you can, you're going to recommit your life to Christ. Maybe you'd be honest with yourself right where you're sitting and you would say, man, I don't, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Man, I don't. I'm honest. I don't. I've just been living my life on my own. I've been trying to get through this thing by myself, making my own decisions. He's not Lord of my life. Maybe today you need to make him Lord of your life. There's a difference. You see, it's easy to say I want him as my Savior. It's a little, it's different to say I have him as my Lord. Jesus, I'm going to obey. I'm going to follow your teachings. So maybe that's you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Father, we love you. Right where you are, you can pray with me. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you loved me enough to send your son to give his life so that I could have life. Father, I pray that you forgive me of my sins. I lay it all down at the foot of the cross and I ask you to forgive me. And I claim you as my Savior. And from this point forward, I'm going to follow you as my Lord. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for life change. And then maybe you're here today and maybe you say, man, I've trusted Jesus. But Brandon, it's dark. Maybe maybe you would say, I'll confess that I've been guilty of expecting someone else to be the light. Expecting my church to be the light. Expecting my friends to be the light. But I need to know that I am the light of the world. And hey, I just need you to pray for me. Maybe that Maybe that I can begin to be an influencer in my sphere of influence, in the people around me. Oh, that God would use me to make a difference in someone else's life. Think about this question. What if someone's address is in heaven? What if someone's address in heaven is waiting on you to turn on your light? Father, use us for your glory. Thank you for every opportunity to be a city on a hill that can't be hidden. Oh, that we would intentionally uncover our light and place it so that all could see. So that the glory of God could shine through us and around us and for us. And God, you would be honored. And it would be for our good and for your glory. So that the thousands of people in Shelby County that don't know you could begin to know you. Use us for your glory. Get all of the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Can you celebrate that today? Come on, a God that's willing to use us? How awesome.